0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O-ThunderPod. Email the show, lo pod at gmail.com. And if that's not enough for you, you can even call into the show. 405-362-7128. Call into the show. Let me know What you want to talk about, any of your questions, comments, concerns, whatever, on that voicemail line, 405-362-7128. So on today's show, we're going to talk about me doing a little bit of journalism, just doing a little bit of Big J journalism, interviewing uh, some of the top prospects around this year's NBA draft class, what they told me, what they told the rest of the media. That's going to lead us off today. We're also going to Power Rank. The NBA head coaching vacancies, and then we're going to get into the NBA Finals and preview the NBA Finals because, uh, frankly, you need to be watching the NBA Finals because it could be the last basketball we see. It will be the last basketball we see for a long, long time, and I am very, very devastated by that. So we first start with the NBA draft, and so I was able to uh, be on all the Uh, media interviews today with all of these draft prospects. And I asked every single one of them if they have talked to the Thunder, and they've all said yes. So Sam Presti is wheeling and dealing a little bit in the draft. We talked today to Terrell Terry, the Stanford guard, Precious Wachio, the uh, big man from Memphis, Trey Jones, R.J. Hampton, and they've all said that they've been in contact with Oklahoma City. The most interesting name on this list is Terrell Terry. Because you can see a pathway for R.J. Hampton to fall late in the first round with the questions surrounding his game. While I would still project him to fall to the late lottery, you could at least see a bit of a pathway for him to fall in that range of, you know, 17 through 25 where it would not be unrealistic for the Thunder to go up and grab him. With Terrell Terry, and of course, Trey Jones and Precious are both in that 20-pick range where where Sam Presti could either trade up a, a couple picks to get him or they'll even fall to that 25 slot. But Terrell Terry is someone who at one time was looked at as like a 25 overall prospect, but has recently shot up the draft boards, and for good reason. This guy can shoot the lights out of the gym. He is awesome to talk to, Terrell Terry. And over this pandemic period, he's put on like 20 pounds of muscle, and he's beefed up his body. He's even uh, grown a little bit height-wise as well. He is really done... He's really checked all the boxes that NBA teams have asked him to check uh, heading into this, to this draft process. And, and Terrell Terry, I think, is going to go in that lottery. I don't think if there's any way he falls to 25, I think he'd be an amazing fit next to Shea. I think he would be an awesome uh, prospect for Oklahoma City to, ta- to target. And maybe this interview is them expressing interest in trading up this year more so than any other year. And in a normal year, there's still a lot of trades and there's still a lot of chaos around the draft. But this year, we'll have even more draft day trades and even more teams looking to trade out of that you know lottery slot. More teams looking to trade their first round pick. So you mix that factor with you having 14 future first round picks. And with 14 future first round picks, you can go trade up in any draft class from here until like 2026. So that's fine with me if you want to trade up for, for Terrell Taylor. But he would have to be a trade-up scenario, and that's why I think that maybe this was just Oklahoma City doing their due diligence, because you never know how these players and their careers and their situations will go in various places. You look at Victor Ladipo. The Thunder interviewed him. They didn't make any moves for him. They didn't even try to make a move for him on draft night. But you move down the line in, in Orlando, all of a sudden, The Thunder want to get involved. They have the capital to do so. They're able to trade for him with that prior knowledge of him coming out of college. I think this is kind of the same thing here with Terrell Terry. Would I love for him to be a draft night addition? Sure, absolutely. I I would be head over heels if the Thunder wound up with Terrell Terry. But just because he told me that they have interviewed him, It does not exactly mean that they expect him to be at 25 or that they expect to trade up for him. They're just doing their due diligence, and I think that that's a good thing, of course. And down the line, we've seen it before with Oklahoma City, these kind of creep back up on them with that Victor Oladipo example. From just a straight-up basketball perspective, like scoping out from the Thunder, one of the things he said was that he didn't know he could shoot until he got to Stanford. In, in high school, he's more of a pass-first kind of player, a facilitator. And at Stanford in his freshman year, last year, all of a sudden, he becomes a, light, a lights-out three-point shooter, which you desperately need if you're trying to play in today's NBA. So I just thought it was funny that someone who's, sh- who's shooting the ball and is so talented and I think is one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter in this class, didn't even know it until a year ago at this time that, that he could shoot lights out. That was a bit strange to me. It caught me off guard. From Tyrell, from Tyrell Terry, and Tyrell Terry also said that he models this game uh, somewhat after Chris Paul, and that was kind of the theme of today. A lot of people spoke spoke glowingly of Chris Paul, specifically Terry and Trey Jones. And he said that he's been working hard on his body, of course, and that his daily routine is just waking up, eating breakfast, meditating, lifting weights, and then doing on-court workouts. And also, he's hired a private chef. A private chef to Uh, allow him to get that kind of uh, nutrition that he needs to get, you know, of course, that 20 pounds of muscle that he's added in this pandemic. Uh, And he's talked to uh, the Warriors and the Timberwolves and the 76ers and the Thunder uh, and teams like that. He adds that he's a little over 6'3 right now whenever he has his shoes on, which again goes to that height factor of him gaining some height uh, as well since March. And he's comfortable playing the two guard at the NBA level, which I didn't expect from him. I'll be honest. I think that kind of everyone kind of penciled him into just simply being a point guard at this level. But he's comfortable playing the two, and it sounds like from what he told us that teams have expressed interest in him playing that two position. Not full-time, I think he's a full-time point guard, but they expressed that they think that he that they agree with him that he does have that versatility to play the shooting guard position. So that'll be interesting to follow throughout his NBA career. Again, to me, this one feels like some... Just the Thunder just doing their due diligence because I think that Terrell Terry is going to fly up draft boards even more for sure. And we'll see where it goes from there. The rest of them, though, Trey Jones, Precious, RJ Hampton, they all said to me that the Thunder have talked to them and they feel more obtainable without doing too much. It's a lot easier to jump to pick 20 than it is to pick 10. And that's kind of where this next group is. The only question mark is R.J. Hampton. And R.J. Hampton is an interesting case study because before this draft started, he was one of my favorite players in this draft. The process started. He's still one of my favorite players in this draft. I think that R.J. Hampton has a ton of talent. And I cannot wait to see what he does at that next level. He has confidence. He's also a a good uh, interviewer or interviewee, I should say. And he says that he fits great with Oklahoma City. I asked him about how that interview went because uh, the person who got him to say the Thunder uh, just had him list off every team that he interviewed with. So I asked him about how the interview actually went with the Thunder, and he said it went great. He interviewed with everyone on the staff, including Billy Donovan, who was at the time the head coach. And it's unclear when Turo Terry or any of these other guys uh, talked with the Thunder, but RJ Hampton specifically said it was when Billy Donovan was still the head coach. So you can imagine it was before the bubble started, uh, whenever they first got to talk to these prospects. And so I asked him about his experience going against the Thunder in the preseason. He said it helped him a lot being 18, playing an NBA team. Most 18-year-olds do not get to experience that. And so it's helped him grow a lot, especially since that was a year ago. Again, the preseason was a year ago. R.J. Hampton for the Breakers played against the Thunder in the preseason. He still has not played an NBA game yet. Just how crazy – he hasn't even been drafted yet by an NBA team with how crazy – this has all gone. But R.J. Hampton is a bit of a question mark just based on where he's going to fall in the draft because I could see him going pick 10. I could see him going pick 25. I just don't know how NBA teams are going to view R.J. Hampton. So I think that the answer somewhere in the middle, like you know maybe, maybe 15 would be a nice spot for him or 12 would be a nice spot for him, somewhere in that range. Uh, for RJ Hampton, but still even 12 to 15 is easy to jump into with 14 future first round picks and having control of pick 25 and in in a draft in which teams are actively looking to move out of this first round for various reasons, like, uh, you know, with the Brian Runhorst report from earlier this year. And so after the break, we're going to continue to talk about who I talked to uh, during the NBA combine draft interview process. But I do want to tell you about our good friends over at DoorDash. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is an app that brings you food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or... Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant. Your food is left right outside your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities operating in a safe manner. Right now, our listeners will get $5 off and zero delivery fees for your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use promo code LOCKDOWNMBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees. Your first order when you download the DoorDash app and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off that first order at DoorDash. So I wanted to continue to talk about RJ Hampton and, and kind of just what all he told the media in general after he covered the thunder aspect of it in that first segment. And he just said that, you know, in a virtual world, he has to be locked in and, and stay ready. And a lot of players were asked about comparing this year to previous years and they had to just remind everyone look there's nothing to compare it to this is just our process I'm not sure the difference is because it's a draft process that no, no one has ever been through and, and these players don't get to do the draft process every single year so to them this is their normal and he said you just gotta stay locked in with all these virtual sessions and things like that and he says that he he's not looking to uh the narrative of this draft class anymore or or at all. Uh, As you know, the narrative is there's no good talent in it, and he does not agree with that. He thinks that this is not a weak draft class, that there's a lot of talented players in this draft class. And that was kind of it for R.J. Hampton. He talked about, you know, who he has talked to. He mentions that him and Ben Simmons would be a nightmare for opposing defenses. He talked about how him and Mike Miller have worked hard together on his jump shot, and he feels like he can attack, uh, not only attack the rim, not only get his teammates involved, not only be a pest defensively, but now he feels like after working with Mike Miller, he can knock down jump shots, which is good to hear from R.J. Hampton. And, and he did say, you know, again, he, he's another player that said, when asked about the Thunder for me, about Chris Paul. mentions Chris Paul and said he was across a little bit between Chris Paul's game and Shea's game. So you can tell the kind of player he is just based on that. But Trey Jones, to me, is someone who for sure will be in that Thunder range. Now, he's heard a mid-first-round pick. I honestly, you know, he'd know more than me, obviously. He's Trey Jones. He's the actual player, uh, and his agent would know more than me. But I think that he's in that, you know, 20 to 30 range. I'm not sure if he's going to consider that mid-range or if he considers that late, but he's in that Thunder range, and, and I would be shocked if he's not on the board at pick 25, Trey Jones. So he said, of course, the Thunder did talk to him. He said, quote, I had an interview with them. I think it went really well. To learn from Chris Paul, there would be nothing like that. And he went on to talk about how great Chris Paul was and mentioned that he understood the gravity of what Chris Paul was able to do this season when, quote, no one expected him to be able to do that in Oklahoma City. And he mentioned how great this organization is, this Thunder organization, and talked about the advantage it would be to play with Chris Paul and then mentioned Shea and the culture in Oklahoma City. So, He's, to me, a Sam Presti-type guy because all throughout this interview, the word defensive kept coming up. He kept raving about how defensive-minded he is, how much he cares about the defensive end of the floor. And that's something Presti looks for. He's somebody who's comfortable with his jump shot, but doesn't shoot the ball lights out, doesn't rely on that jump shot. He's not the lengthy, tall specimen. But again, he plays some really good defense at that point guard position in a league that does not feature very many defending point guards. And then Precious also answered my question by saying that he has spoken with the Thunder and that he loves the Thunder, that they play fast. He would love playing alongside young guys like Shea and Baisley. And this is the tricky part here because a lot of people read into this saying that oh, the Thunder have told him they're going to run fast, they're going to play fast. I think that was just an easy answer for him to give me uh, about playing with young guys like Shea and Baisley who can get out in transition. I don't think the Thunder, who have not named a head coach yet, have told him their plans and what they want to do with a head coach to be named later because I'm not sure if this interview with the Thunder happened before or after Billy Donovan was fired. I mean, the Audrey Hampton interview included Billy Donovan. So who knows when Precious was able to talk to the Thunder. He did not specify when he was able to talk to Oklahoma City. So we'll see if the Thunder really do want to run fast next year, if that's something that, that they've told him, or if it was just an easy answer to give whenever you look at playing alongside Baisley and Shea. I think it's easy to assume no matter who the head coach is, you're going to want to get Shea and Baisley out in transition. So I think that that was a good assumption by Precious. And if the and if Sam Presley told him that, if he interviewed him without without Donovan, and he said, look, our next tire is going to be someone who wants to run quickly in transition, more power to him. I think that that's the right move for Oklahoma City. I'm just going to say I wouldn't read too, too much into it. But it is interesting, no doubt, that that he did tell me that he loves that they're going to play fast because they did not play too fast with Chris Paul on the floor. You, you just simply can't. Uh, but he was a good interview, too. All these guys were really good. Um, you know, especially today, they, they were awesome. Kaelin Haynes yesterday was awesome. LaMelo Ball yesterday was awesome. So I really appreciate them taking the time to meet with us, especially in this virtual world. This would be an easy excuse for everyone. The NBA who put this together and contacted all of us to get in, to get involved with it. The players, it would be an easy excuse for everyone to just say, yeah, you know, there's so many obstacles, we're just not going to do it this year. So credit to everyone involved for participating in this, and then the players taking this seriously like they would any other media session and, and giving us really, really good stuff. Uh, Precious says he has to work on his shooting, passing, and ball handling, but he feels really confident about his defensive ability. He says that he works on his jump shot every single day, understanding that the NBA is leaning toward and shifting towards a small ball five, which at the end of the interview he said it is it is it is what it is with the small ball five. He would, great, he would gladly play it, and he mentioned over and over again that he's going to have to just wait and see what a team wants to put him in position to do and then fill that role for that team. He he threw out there um, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, and it was a Raptors question that got asked to him. He has not talked to the Raptors, but he's friends with, with Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. He mentions that, you know, while they're great players, they're put in position uh, to do what their teams ask them to do, and then they come through, and they follow through with that, and they do what the teams ask them to do, and that's what he's going to have to do to stay in the NBA and to be a good NBA player is just doing what teams ask him to do. And he mentions how good uh, friends he is with the Raptors, uh, two, two guys, OG and Spicy P. So so Precious seems really you know, down to earth, and he hopes one day he can be a knockdown shooter, shooter at the NBA level, which just go, go look at precious highlights and look at him on the defensive end. Look at his body type. If he becomes a knockdown shooter at the NBA level, that's a scary, scary prospect who I think is going to go at like pick 22, 23, 24, 25. That's a scary prospect. And that's what I've been saying since May, whenever I take this podcast over of just, Yes, this draft class lacks Zion, it lacks Trey Young or Luka, it has a lot of guys who have a ton of upside, like Precious does, and a ton of guys who can stay in the NBA for 20 years and be starters in this league, be role players in this league and help you in a championship. This draft class is not terrible by any means. There's a lot of players top to bottom who can really improve your organization. And that was a good second day of NBA Combine media interviews. We'll have more tomorrow. So if you want the live tweet of every prospect and their answers, follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Still to come, I want to power rank the NBA head coaching vacancies and also preview the NBA finals just a little bit before you head off to Locked On Heat, Locked On Lakers, and Locked On NBA for that grand picture Thunder content. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar, because Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off that very next order. Built Bar is new and improved with six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You're going to want to get your hands on that new box of Built Bars. The protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar with 100% chocolate on the outside, soft and easy to chew. Bilt Bars are great for the health-conscious person losing or maintaining weight while while indulging in a delicious treat. Bilt Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. So go to BiltBar.com right now, use promo code LOCKEDON, $10 off that next order at builtbar.com. So right now it's 4.14 on a Tuesday, and that's what happens in the afternoon. You get to record a day ahead of time. That's what happens in the off-season for the Thunder. You get to record a day ahead of time. But I am living in fear the rest of the day that at like 530 or 6 o'clock Woj is going to hit up our phones and just tell us who the next Thunderhead coach is and I'll have to record a whole new show. But that's what I would do. So if you're hearing this, they have not hired a new head coach yet, or else we'd have an emergency podcast, at least if you're listening to this within a reasonable time frame. Nonetheless, let's get into the head coaching vacancies and power rank them because everyone loves power rankings. And for me, I think I have an interesting list or maybe maybe I don't. Maybe you just all agree with me. I, I don't know. How this will be perceived, but to me, let's start from the bottom to the top. At number six, it's the Houston Rockets. That's the worst head coaching job available. The Houston Rockets are a dreadful destination for head coach. You have an ownership group that is impatient. You have a team construction that has locked you into a bad contract in Russ Westbrook, an aging star in James Harden who can still get it done. But how are you going to improve the team around him? James Harden is is still in his prime, but with that contract of Russell Westbrook where you look at it and you think that the team will need to attach assets assets that they don't have just to get rid of Westbrook how do you then improve the team around James Harden it feels like the, it feels like they're locked into a pairing of Westbrook and Harden And Westbrook's game is not aging gracefully as we all knew it wouldn't and it just feels like there's no end in sight there's no light at the end of the tunnel, at the end of the tunnel and you've hit a roadblock you've hit a dead road in your journey so to me, I just don't see an upside in taking the Rockets' job. I mean, outside of getting the coach, two of the best players to play the game and Russell Westbrook and James Harden, you're not going to win a championship and you're not going to have the building blocks or assets to eventually win a championship and you're probably going to get fired in two or three years whenever you don't win a championship with a t- with a roster construction that we all knew wasn't a championship roster construction. So it just feels so dead end to me, the Houston Rockets, and that's why they're number six. Number five, the Indiana Pacers, same type of thing. I mean, not only is it a small market, not only does Victor Oladipo want out, but they kind of just feel like, at least in my lifetime, they've just been this team that, yeah, sometimes they're good. Sometimes I can go to the playoffs. And even sometimes I can make a little run at the Eastern Conference Finals in a watered-down Eastern Conference. But at the end of the day, it's ho-hum in Indiana. I mean, the days of Roy Hibbert and Paul George and Danny Granger are a long time ago. And I just don't see the immediate pathway comparatively to the next teams on this list uh, to success and to a championship and to, uh, you know, a mainstay head coaching job. I think that, you know, you face a scenario like what, what we've talked about Billy Donovan would have faced if he stayed in Oklahoma city. You're the guy before the guy you're the, you're the coach before the next coach. You know, you're just a placeholder for these four or five years as we figure out we're going to do without Victor Oladipo before we go get our next head coach that will lead us hopefully to the promised land. So it just feels so empty in Indiana. Number four, the Philadelphia 76ers. I have the Sixers at number four because good team. I bought into the hype on paper. On paper, I looked at that roster, and you can laugh at me for this if you want to. You should laugh at me, and quite, quite honestly. But I looked at this, at this team on paper in the preseason. I thought that they were a legitimate Eastern Conference title team, that they could not only make the Eastern Conference Finals, but have a good chance to make the Eastern Conference uh, Finals and win the Eastern Conference Finals. But it feels like they're going to move on from Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid this season, this offseason. The return on those two guys should still be pretty high and you're going to still have one of them. So whoever you bring in in addition to Joel or Ben Simmons is still a nice tandem in the east to hopefully get you over the hump and to get you where you want to go. Number 3, the LA Clippers, simply because I think that this is the worst job in terms of security. I think that Steve Ballmer and that organization is not going to give you a long leash. You're going to be fired if you not get this right, but You also have Kawhi Leonard, and he can get this right at any moment. At any moment, he can go off and become one of the best players we've ever seen and go to an NBA Finals and even win you a championship. So having that saving grace in your back pocket is a nice thing to have. I mean, if you tell me I can go coach Kawhi Leonard, even with what we saw in the bubble, I'm probably going to go take that just because it's a good chance to win a championship. Number two. The New Orleans Pelicans. And this is a tough one between the Pelicans and the Thunder. The reason behind this is if I'm a head coach, I want longevity. I want to be a mainstay. I want to be a part of this organization for a long time. And I want to be able to say I was a head coach for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I'm trying to set myself up for a Greg Popovich run. And the Pelicans roster is young. Their assets are large in the future. They have a lot of future assets. That all makes sense. The issue is, though, and, and this is what puts them at number two, which is still great. The issue to me is, though, they're closer to winning right now. And that's a lot of pressure on you right away. You're going to step in and have to win in the next two years. And I don't mean win a finals. I just mean you're going to have to not only make the playoffs, but be competitive in those seasons the next two years, and that's not a big learning curve for you. That's not a big learning curve at all. Whereas with the Thunder, who are at number one, you have an organization with Sam Presti who values and will try every which way to give you the ability to be the coach of this organization forever. He values the fact that he's only going on his fourth coaching search since the team moved to Oklahoma City. He values that. And if you don't count P.J. Carlesimo, it's the third one, which Carlesimo got like a month, it felt like. So he values stability. He values longevity. If he picked you to be the head coach, he's going to give you the longest leash possible. And you would assume you have a little bit of input in how the team's constructed, or at least that Sam Presti wouldn't hire someone who he knows does not fit the style of the players he's looking for. Because I, I think that we can all agree Sam Presti will ultimately make the draft a decision. There is no tie. It's Sam Presti's vote, are you on board or not? And even if you're not, even if you're not he's still going to do it. He's still going to draft his guy. So I think that he's going to draft, he's going to hire someone in the coaching position that coincides with that. So you're going to build a team around Shea, who's already at worst, a number two overall player, you know, a number two player on the championship team. And that might get confusing for some people. I've I've actually had a voicemail about someone saying that I think that Shea can only be number two. I'm not saying that. Let me be very clear. At worst, Shea is a number two. That's how highly I think of Shea. I think Shea can be your number one on a championship level team. At worst though, he's your number two. So you've already got at least your one or two locked in of your three that I think you need for championship. I think that every team needs three guys for a championship, a, a trio of guys, a big three. And he's at, at worst number two. He could be number one. To have that already locked in is fantastic. And then the 14 future first round picks, your ability to tank next year in the Western Conference and get Cade Cunningham or whomever you want in next year's draft is also amazing. You control in your hands the future of the, of the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Clippers. You control three organizations' futures right in your hand. Beautiful setup for the Thunder and a beautiful setup for their head coaching job. And again, the most important part is Sam Presti wants you around for a long time. He's not going to fire you. He's not going to get hasty. He's going to give you ample amount of opportunity. He's going to give you a long leash, which is the most important part to make sure that you're still the head coach in 10 years and you can create yourself a nice little career. But let me know your power rankings for the head coaching vacancies. Which jobs would you want to take at Rylan underscore Styles is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And I want to end this with my final predictions uh, for the NBA Finals, which which, uh, tip off tonight. Uh, LeBron James, number one, watch every single game. Like I said yesterday or Monday, we don't know how many more finals appearances he has left in him. Watch every single one of them. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Tyler Hero are my biggest players to watch outside of LeBron because I just want to see, can Tyler Hero, I know it's in a bubble, I know there's no fans, but can he stay that fearless competitor and that fearless player he's been all postseason long, once you get to the big stage of the finals, once you get across the the floor from LeBron James. Who's going to guard Bound of is my big question. Are they going to put AD on him? Are they going to put Javon McGee or Dwight Howard on him? Are they going to put LeBron on him? Are the Heat going to keep playing zone? And the prediction I have is Lakers win in seven. I think that this series, no matter who wins, is a long one. I would be floored if it ends in six. I think it ends in seven, one way or the other. And you can go for the in-depth analysis at Locked On Lakers and Locked On Heat, as well as the best national coverage you're going to find anywhere at Locked On NBA. All those all those shows are every single day. You do not have to wait for your reaction to the NBA Finals. So go subscribe and check them out. I hope this podcast did not get lost in the ether because Sam Presti broke the internet with this coaching selection. But... If you're listening to this, thank you for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow as this is your only daily podcast source for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland_Styles, underscore Styles, and be good, and be good to one another.